Hello, and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about selling more. Before you get freaked out by that, (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily talking about selling more products and services, although that is certainly one thing. We're also talking about selling yourself and your ideas and increasing your impact and broadening your audience and all those sorts of things. And it's sort of brought on by the particular time of year. So there's this um, blog post that I read, I'm going to say three or four years ago, and it was written by a friend of the show, Blair Enns. And it, it goes by a couple of different titles. Uh, I've seen it referred to as the magic email or the 100-day sprint or closing the loop. And we'll link to it in the show notes. But the, the basic gist of it is that the, the Monday after Labor Day in the U.S., up until around the holidays, there's about a 100-day sprint when people are back from vacation over the summer, their kids are back in school or whatever the case may be, and they're in, and they're in like work mode. And you have this sort of, this sort of flurry of activity for those hundred days. And it's a great time to look back over, you know, the conversations you've had with folks over the year, over the year leading up to that point that have kind of died out or dropped off or they've disappeared, whether it was a sales conversation or you talking about having them on your podcast or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, sort of bringing those conversations back to life. And I actually, it was such a good email. Uh, sorry, uh, such a good uh, blog post that I put it in my calendar as a repeating event every year. And Ooh. yeah, because when I read it, I, you know, just, I had already been in business for, you know, 10 years or so at that point. And I was like, you know what? He's right. The fall is always crazy busy with new deals. And I, I just never, mm-hmm. I, I was, I recognized the cycle and, and, uh, but I never really thought about it. And, but so when I read this article, I was like, Oh, ob- of course it's because so, so many people are on vacation over the summer. It's hard to make decisions because any large organization kind of needs to have all the players in the room to make a big decision. And then the same thing happens around the holidays. People are, are out. And so they defer these decisions or the conversations disappear. Um, you know, and, and in his article, he's particularly specifically talking about sending out a very specific email that he calls the magic email or the closing the loop email out to any deals that where the the client just went dark and maybe they went with someone Mm -hmm. else or maybe they've just been procrastinating or, you know, like, like we're talking about people have been on vacation and they couldn't move forward. And, and I've, it works. It totally works. And, you know, so that was sort of the jumping off point for this. It's kind of topical based on this time of year that people are in a, in an ideal situation to move things forward and make decisions and, and are very encouraged to do so, whether that means going back and resuscitating, a uh, you know, a project proposal or other, you know, other things like connections make, Hey, you know, I don't know. Um, do you want to come on our podcast or could I go on your podcast or could you blurb my book or, you know, review this thing, so on and so forth. This is a good time to reach out to people and make connections. Yeah, and I, I like the advice that he gave about going back through your email correspondence for for the last year and mm-hmm. say anything that dropped off the radar screen is just a short note. Um, it, he suggests doing it a little more brazenly than I might do it naturally. But uh, Jonathan, you had paraphrased his his words as something like, "Okay, so haven't heard from you. I guess you're not doing this project. Okay, bye." Right. <laughs> 
Yeah. And so, but the advantage of, of something short and sweet like that is you're not requiring them to give you an update, but most people will answer with a yes or a no. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, I like having that closure one way or the other. I want to know it's still in play or nope, done, move on. Exactly. Yeah. And he, he addresses the brevity of it in, in the post where he explains that you are, it's really doing two things. One that you've just called out, which you make it very easy for them to reply because you, you've, mm-hmm. you've, you've sent them a very unemotional matter of fact email that is not needy or desperate. You're just like, Hey, I'm trying to close the loop on this. I'm assuming you guys went in a different direction. You know, yeah. And I think that's it. I think he just says yours, yeah. yours Blair. And I mean, I've used this and it works like people mm-hmm. respond like of all the, of all the, um, all the emails that one sends out in the course of doing business, you get a, a lot of times when you send out emails that get no response. Well, this one gets a response mm-hmm. and you're either going to get a, yes, we want someone else or, or no, 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 uh, not so fast. You know, we, we haven't, you know, we were on vacation and blah, blah, blah you know, uh, all that. Right. So then it right. shifts from, if there was any sort of, if there was any sort of sense in the, in the sales process previous, previously that the, the buyer had more leverage than you, the seller that's now flipped because they feel guilty that they haven't gotten back to you. They dropped the ball. Right. They, they were unprofessional right. and you're not rag, you know, you're not ragging on them about it. You're just saying, Hey, look, I, I just assumed, yep, yeah, closing loop on this. You've obviously gone another direction. See ya. Mm-hmm. And if, if yeah. they are still, if it's still in play, they're the, the power frame term, but like the ball is now sort of, uh, it's shifted. There's something emotional about it that's yeah. shifted. It's like, uh, it's not playing hard to get, but there's like a sort of a fear of missing out type of dynamic. I, I mean, I'm perfectly happy with a no. It's like, I just want to know, like, right. should I forget about this? Well, it's a power thing too, in, in a good way. I mean, basically you're, you're, if you've given away any power in the sense of sitting there waiting with bated breath, hoping they're <laughs> going to choose you, you've now said, Hey, you know, you either did or you didn't. And, just want to know. Bye. And so by t- I totally agree with taking the emotion out of it. Um, and I mean, I know you've received the same kinds of emails I have, right? Where somebody appeals to you and, and you feel like, God, are they on their last nickel? <laughs> and it's like, and, and then you sort of feel like you have to respond, but you don't want to, and it annoys you. So yeah, I think taking the emotion out and, and just the, pra- the practice of going back through those emails, which I'm going to argue we should always be doing anyway, that's called follow-up in sales. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but to Blair's point, this is the time of year that can get action because everybody's looking at this and whether they think of it as a hundred days or three months, it's, there's only a limited time amount of time to get things done yet this year. And if you work with big corporates, you know, their budget is all going to change in January typically. So it's their last chance to spend money that they've allocated for projects. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, his, 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 I mean, he starts off the article saying, I, you know, I think, we can make a couple million dollars in sales in the next week. What do you say? And his, his is definitely all about closing deals for, you know, agency work, doing projects and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I, I think that to the, the larger point of our show, I think it's also a great time to make connections for some of the other things I've alluded to. Like maybe, um, maybe you want to do a podcast tour. Maybe you've got this idea, you've got a new book mm-hmm. coming out or it's out. And it's a great time to sort of book those things, contact those people, go through your, you know, 
go through either through your network or directly and say, Hey, I've got, um, I, I love the show. The most recent episode was great where you interviewed, you know, this and this person about that. And, uh, you know, listen, I've got three things that I think would be of interest to your audience. Here are three topics. Boom, boom, boom. You know, right. just, just hit reply. Let me know if any of those would be of interest, you know, just send back a yes, thumbs up. And, you know, we could talk about dates or, you know, a really simple mm-hmm. email that, mm-hmm. exp- you know, indicates that you're familiar with the show and that you've got specific topics that, you know, from listening to some episodes that, you know, most likely would be of interest to their audience. So you're kind of doing the host's work for them. You're practically giving them yeah. titles. And exactly. Then you, yeah. And then there's no big, there's no big ad. It's like, just hit reply with a yes. And we can mm-hmm. talk more. It's not like, uh, they don't have to think at all. It's like, if this seems appealing, you, you make it very, very simple for them to hit reply, type yes. And then you can go to the next step. Like, oh, here's a, it usually when that happens, they'll say yes. And they'll say, oh, and here are some times, you know, a lot of times, or they could say, oh, when are you right. available? And you send them a link to your calendar. But it's a, a really simple, short, clear email that's very focused on adding value to them and their audience. And I just think now's a great time. I mean, it's all, it's never mm-hmm. a bad time to do it, I suppose, but it seems like this time of year is a great time uh, because people are just in this product, like productivity mindset. It's like post summer and uh, you know, all that, all of that time off and they're just energized <laughs> and <laughs> all that horrible vacation time. <laughs> I, most people don't look at vacation like you do, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. And I think when you try to do these things in the summer, and I I know in my own case, it's really true with media. It just feels like you're going through fog. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just... It's molasses. Yeah, it's really difficult. And then something changes. And I know here in the West Coast, school started last week, and I could see a difference already. Mm -hmm. And um, and, and I don't even know if, if any of my contacts have kids in school on the West Coast, right? It's mm. but it's it's that feeling of we're going back. So I think the timing is perfect. Yep. Yeah. I mean I live in a college town and it's it's night and day. Like when Brown yeah. Brown and RISD come back in session, it's like boom, like activity, like, ooh, all these people doing things. Like it's like, oh I need to do some <laughs> I need to do some things too. You know, it's it's kind of a it is funny. It's sort of silly, but uh, it it does I don't know. I believe it's real. It's it's real and you know, what are some other ways that people could sort of um, take advantage of that increased sense of urgency or activity or excitement to broaden their impact or their appeal or their audience? Well, uh, one comes to mind with a client I've been working on recently, and it's 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 three people who've written a book together about a big idea. And their goal wasn't so much to make money on the book. Their goal was to get the idea out there, to get people talking and thinking about it. And so what we came up with was a really simple plan. And I said, what you have to do is you have to reach out to the people that you know, and you're going to divvy them up between you. And your goal is to start with those emails so you can get phone calls, so you can talk about this idea with this group of people. And so they worked on this. And one of those conversations led to an op-ed in the New York Times by someone who's influential in the field. And they mentioned these guys in their book in that op-ed. By the next day, their book had moved from, you know, maybe like the middle or the lower quartile of their category to the top. Nice. 
And it was funny because, you know, their goal wasn't to sell books. Their goal is to get people to read the idea. In fact, they give some free downloads on the site, but people were buying the book. And all of a sudden they were in conversations. And then they were mentioned again on um, on PBS NewsHour. Uh, I think it was that night or the next day. So it started that, you know, that avalanche. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about I just think it's about getting your idea for something like that. It's about getting your ideas in front of people. And a lot of times the way to do that is you actually have to talk to them. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, it's easy to sort of um, I don't want to say hide behind your email uh, mm. or like marketing automation, but it 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 can people can kind of treat it that way and think like, oh, I've done everything I can. I emailed everybody. But if you're not, you know, a good friend Kai Davis calls it optimizing for conversations. He, he talks about, you know, like the action, the number one action that he can take in his business. And I believe this is true for most people who are like this is to have more conversations. He can, you can do things. You can actually make a to-do list of activities that you can undertake to have more conversations with people. And Mm -hmm. if you do that, I will, I'm willing to guarantee you that you're going to see uh, surprising, but significant results, not unlike what you just described or bringing a deal back from the dead. You know, it's yes. like having these conversations, having a conversation with people, it leads to the most surprising, unpredictable outcomes. They're good. Um, you know, virtually, mm-hmm. I suppose they could be bad, but, but they're, <laughs> it's just shocking to me. Uh, and, and I do, I agree that phone or in person, I suppose, but phone is actually might be the best because oh, in person is it's tough. always better. Yeah. I, I think phones are always better. Here's why though. It's because the phone gives a sense of intimacy that you don't have in person. There's something about it. I've had people, you know, confess all sorts of things to mm-hmm. me on the phone and they haven't even hired me yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And there is this sense of intimacy that when you don't have to look at someone, but you, but you know, they're listening, you know, you're not hearing like typing keys in the background. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's very powerful. Yeah. I, I, I never, this never occurred to me consciously. You mentioned it on a previous show and I, I completely agree. And I stopped doing video calls with students for this reason. And it's, it it, it is a noticeable difference. It is definitely different. There's a a different level. I actually find myself paying much closer attention when there's no video. Like I pay Mm -hmm. more, I pay closer attention to what's said. And I, I completely agree with you that people are more forthcoming with when you're on a phone call where you're trying, where it's important that you get very personal information about, you know, like, I had a coaching call, a preliminary call with someone yesterday, you know, following the advice that we're giving today. I, someone said, Oh, I'm kind of interested in, in you, but I'm also considering a competitor. And I was like, Oh, you know, the competitor is good too, but I, I can't tell you which one you should go with. Cause I don't know enough about you. Um, what about, you know, could you answer a few of these questions? Then we jump on a phone call and we'll drill into them. And, and in the past I would have done a video call, but I'm glad I didn't, you know, because I think it would have. Because, you know, this is a person I don't know from Adam that randomly reached out to me via email and, uh, you know, essentially is asking me to sell him on myself, which I wasn't going to do. That's I I don't know if I'm the right solution, you know, so I, I need to talk to you and ask some questions first. And the questions that I have to ask in order to make a a good sort of diagnosis are really personal. And, you know, like it includes like how much money do you currently make? How much money do you need to make? Cause that's the whole point of the engagement. It's like, okay, like, do I think it's feasible for me to achieve this? What do you want to be when you grow up essentially? 
you know, what skills do you have? What, what are your passions in life? Why did you, why are you avoiding picking the obvious thing? You know, it's very personal stuff. And I am positive that if we were in person, especially in public, like at a coffee shop or something, or, uh, or even on a video call, it would have been more, it would have felt more vulnerable and embarrassing and probably less, there would have been a less likelihood of getting some of the really intimate information that I got out of that situation. So, you know, sort of a tangent yeah. about the the phone call medium specifically, but I, I do think it's worth emphasizing that that is, is a perhaps the ideal scenario for, you know, the ideal channel of communication for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I think about uh, the whole idea of having more conversations. I don't know if I told you this, Jonathan, but when you and I met, that year, I had decided I needed to have more conversations because I felt like I'd gotten into this rut where I was getting enough inbound to keep me busy mm-hmm. and they were the right clients for me. So I, I got, I think, lazy about having conversations. And and so what I did is I decided that um, whenever somebody you know said something about me or not really me personally, but my work and, and they were starting to share it, that I would just reach out. And you kept sharing one or two of my blog posts. And I'm like, who is this guy? He keeps sharing my stuff. I love that he shares it. What's this hourly billing is nuts thing? (laughs) And so I reached out to you and I think the message got lost in Twitter. And then we finally connected. And, you know, this podcast was the result of that. That certainly wasn't my intent nor yours. It just, you know, it was, you know, a happy, uh, happy accident, I guess, that, that came out of it all. But it's that. You know, if you make that choice, you could make a list of all sorts of things to increase the number of conversations you have. It You can actually try to create personal connections in social media. I mean, that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I just think that a lot of times it's easy not to have a conversation and to send an email. Right. But if you say to somebody, well, let's just hop on the on the phone or Skype or whatever for a half hour. Here's my schedule. Um, I find people will do it. And sometimes, you know, they'll try to sell me on something and, you know, I'll, I'll listen because it tells me something about them. But my goal with those conversations isn't about selling work. It's about getting to know them and finding the connections. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is when you do it, you can start to develop your list. I mean, I think we've, we've called it your circle in another episode, but you can start to find your kindred spirits who are open, you know, they kind of have the same value system as you, their expertise may be different. um, But they're open to sharing things between you. And you can create things from that. You can create ideas, you can create uh, content like this, you can create products, you can create revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's another great another great example of uh, random phone. I mean, that was pretty random you know, phone call for us to have. We didn't know each other (laughs) at all. It was just like, Hey, I just liked your articles. So I'm sharing them because I wanted people to read them because people who follow me would benefit from it. And then you just sort of out of the blue said, Hey, let's jump on a phone call. I said, yes. And then it occurred to me like, you know, I'm thinking about starting this podcast and it would be so much better if Rochelle was on it too. It'd be so great. But like, like you said, it's so impossible to predict what's going to happen from these connections but mm-hmm. by creating them, I, I believe strongly and I have evidence and certainly anecdotes to support the fact that it's, it increases your luck surface area. 
So yes. you end up in yes. these, in these new situations that you could never have predicted or like, are not necessarily things that you would have said, okay, I want to, I want to achieve this outcome. How am I going to do it? And then say, I know I'll call these, you know, it's, it's not really like that. It's, there's sort of like this, you know, step one, have more conversations and then like black box magic happens. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, step three is more sales, bigger impact, bigger audience, you know, mm -hmm. positive outcome. And it's so to, to kind of, uh, jump on your, your mention of social media lately, you know, probably for the past, what year is it? 2018. So for the past probably year, I've gotten much, much more active on LinkedIn. And it's, it's, it basically, I, I, ba I basically look for interesting people. I just do it a little bit, you know, friends of friends or, you know, second level connections. Of, so connections of friends of mine or colleagues or people that I find interesting and I'll just connect with them. And when they connect, I'm just like, Hey, thanks for connecting. I hope things are going well, that sort of thing. Not nothing pushy or salesy. This is like with no agenda mm -hmm. whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And at least 10% of them will respond back. Oh, thanks for connecting. You know, and maybe they're the extroverts. I don't know, but a, a certain <laughs> percentage of them will get, will, will get back to me. Sometimes they'll say, Oh, you know, do I know you or why did you connect or whatever? And I'll just say, you know, I just like connecting with interesting people. And I saw in your bio that you're a, you know, the Dean of virtual reality at Caltech. Like that sounded like the craziest thing I ever heard of. So, you know, I just thought I'd reach out. I'm sure you're interesting, or, <laughs> you know, or like, uh, on the, the VR angle, I did connect with a, a professor of VR, if you can imagine that already exists. And wow. I, I had a specific question. Like I was like, Oh wow. Like, look at this guy. I have this question that's been in the back of my mind, not a big question, but like something that if I met the person at a barbecue, I'd be like, you know, Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a professor of VR at Stanford. <laughs> no way. I've been wondering about blah. So I said, Hey, would it be okay if I ask you a question about VR? And he's like, sure, go ahead. And so the next thing you know, we're in this chat about it. And he gave me a ton of really useful information that I never would have gotten in a million years of research mm. on the internet. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not a huge thing, but now, you know, we've had this really cool interaction. I actually have a student who he would be a great connection for. So, you know, he, and this guy, you know, he's like, Oh, well, why are you asking? I said, oh, I have this student who's thinking about making some software for VR. And, you know, I just wanted to, I'm just going to pass the information along. Well, if he ever wants me to look at anything, make sure you connect us and I'll take a look at it. And, you know, wow. yeah. And, uh, you know, so I just made the introduction and who knows where they'll take it, but there's no way I could have predicted that was going to happen, which is the point. The bigger point is right. you, you don't know what's going to happen. Like magic happens in a black box in the middle and positive things come out the other end. And I think, I think it helps. I think it helps a lot if you do have a big idea or something in the first, like, like you have kind of an identity. I don't know. I, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's related. It feels like it is though. Like if well, you stand kind of stand for something and they can quickly see you in this, right. in this like teeny little micro interaction of being, you know, accepting a connection request on LinkedIn, there's gotta be a little bit of that. Who, who's this, you know, is it a recruiter uh -huh. or right. is it some salesperson or something like that? I, I, yeah. I, I don't know, but that must happen. And then when that, when they see like, Oh, author of hourly billing is nuts. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that part. I don't have an answer for that, but I feel like it might, for people who listen to this show, it might be a little easier to do this sort of thing because you're probably a missionary of some kind. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm, and I'm thinking nobody listening to this is, you know, a spammer. Mm-hmm. So you don't have one of those, you know, really weird LinkedIn profiles, you know, the kinds I'm talking about where you're like, what? Like somebody can, tried to connect with me yesterday and they had an AK-47 with them in the picture. <laughs> How bizarre. What is this? And I couldn't figure out what the connection was to what they did for a living. So uh, decline. Um, but but the, I think the other thing underlying this is curiosity. You know, what you just described, you have a curiosity or you, you showed this person that you're curious about what makes them tick. You know, if somebody said, uh, well, you know, tell me more about, you know, what do you do to be unforgettable? I mean, to me, that would be catnip. I'd love to have that conversation (laughs) if somebody asked that. So, yeah, we all have our own catnip. And so it's that it's having that curiosity about what the other person is doing um, that's without agenda. Mm-hmm. is really I just think that's really powerful. I think people respond to that. I love the I love the that you mentioned curiosity because that that's one of the things that I you know when I when I have when I'm basically telling students to do this similar kind of thing like optimize for conversations. How do I do that? Well, just start connecting with people on LinkedIn that you find interesting. Well, how do I how do I know who's interesting? I'm like, "Well, I can't tell you that, but you know, find someone who you know is interesting and see who's connected with them. And maybe they're interesting and, mm-hmm. you know, keep, just sort of keep going. And like, well, what do I say to them when I, when I message them? I'm like, well, look at their profile and, and imagine you just met at a cocktail party and be like, Hey, what about that fighter pilot thing you did? Like, that's crazy. You know, right. like, right. like be, and, and they're like, but how do I think of that? I'm like, just be curious, <laughs> like be genuinely interested in other people for one second read their profile. Maybe you went to the same school, maybe, you know, at different times, you know, this is, uh, it's just random. You can't really, I can't really give anybody a template because it, it doesn't, it's different every single time. But if you do adopt this posture of interest and genuine, sincerely interested and curious about other people and what makes them tick or how they achieved some, some amazing result, or like you said, you just like throw this, you just ask the right question. And it's like, irresistible to the right person. Mm -hmm. And this happens to me all the time. I get people asking me for free advice on LinkedIn all the time. And sometimes the question is really, um, really lazy. Like they'll type four paragraphs of like their entire background and, and current state of affairs. And then they'll just say thoughts, question mark. And I'm like, come on, (laughs) you know, and I'll reply like, if you could boil this down to one specific question, what would it be? You know? Right. But a lot of times people ask a very specific question right off the bat and I can't, I cannot help answering it. Like, and there are plenty of people out there like me who, who are just like, they see that question. It's like, oh, there's an unanswered question. It must be. I, and I have the answer. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't not share right. it. I can't not. Catnip. Right. It's mm-hmm. like catnip. Right. I yeah. cannot resist. So, but that does take a certain humility and uh, empathy and curiosity and it needs to be genuine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but, but it, but I think those are all great qualities to have. It makes your life so much more interesting. And I'm, and we talked before the show, we're both have strong introvert streaks. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think this is a question of introvert versus extrovert. Cause I'm not, no. I'm not no. one of those people. 
No. And I'm thinking I, I have a client who is like, you know, if you looked in the dictionary for introvert, his picture would be there, like <laughs> that kind of guy. And he was research, a researcher. He is so interested in other people. And I've worked with him for a long time. And he is he's just genuinely curious. He mm. asks me questions. He knows things about me that lots of people don't know because he asks. <laughs> You know, it's so fascinating to me. And this, by the way, just as a side note um, on the introversion thing, um, he's very much of an introvert, but he comes alive when he's on the stage. I call him a situational extrovert. As long as it's on his topic and he's fully prepared, he's a fabulous speaker. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So the introverts rule. (laughs) (laughs) We extroverts can get out there, but, you know, there's a lot to be said for introverts. Yeah, I I consider myself to be uh, a trained extrovert. As opposed to like, like I'm mm. naturally, um, more of a, you know, outdoor cat kind of lone wolfy, you know, that's why I don't mm-hmm. have employees and stuff, but you know, as a musician, like you, you gotta get on stage, get used to it. And it was learned behavior, but I'm just, I'm just not naturally seeking the limelight really. So, so mm-hmm. it's not, I, so if you're, if you're thinking, so oh, I can never do that. I'm an introvert. I think again. Because you don't have to be an extrovert to be fascinated by other people. And if you think yeah. other people are boring, it's, you just need to find the fascinating ones. Like, mm-hmm. go, go on a hunt and find them because there are yeah. t- tons of them. Fascinating Super. to you. Right. Right? Like mm-hmm. the virtual reality guy sounds amazing. And for somebody else, it might be somebody who used to shovel coal. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's what you find interesting. Mm-hmm. Genuinely, authentically interesting. Right. Yeah. And you can, you can really, you, like, it doesn't have to be like, it could be someone really famous, like really famous. And you'd be, you will be surprised if you do this on a regular basis, you'll be surprised how many, you know, Stephen Kings you'll get a reply from because, you know, they're whatever, they just love it, you know? And if you, yeah. if, if you're genuine and you come across that way and you're not pushy or asking for, you know, asking for something ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, and the the other thing that is the thread that's gone through everything we've talked about is where your request is very succinct. You know, you're asking them a question. You're not asking them to solve your life's problems, Hmm. but you're asking them a question in an engaging way. And and I think you're right. You might be surprised by the responses. So, okay. So to tie this back to conversations a little bit, uh, I I can... uh, count on multiple hands the times where I've reached out to some random person on LinkedIn and it ended up, uh, it ended up turning into a phone call that was uh, almost, I would say the majority of the time, uh, um, sort of, uh, why can't I think of the word, uh, instantiated by the other person or suggested by the other person. So like mm-hmm. me, me doing outreach, so to speak, like connecting with strangers who I find interesting and then having a little chat in LinkedIn or sometimes Twitter. And then they're like, you know what? We should jump on a phone call and talk about, yeah, I'm like, sure. That sounds great. And sometimes it's about me. Sometimes it's about the other person. Sometimes it's about a third party, like someone I know who I'm sort of acting as a proxy for and asking questions for. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting, but I, I do see the, the sort of the social media interactions. The nice thing about them is they're oftentimes real time. So there is that kind of back and forth conversational feel to it. Yeah. But it, it's, it's ideal if possible, if it makes sense to move it to a phone conversation, because those become, 
it's a deeper connection. It's a much higher bandwidth data transfer in terms of trust and personality and all of those things. And you can tell very quickly, uh, a lot more about someone in both directions, obviously when mm -hmm. you do jump on a phone call. So, you know, it'd be like if I was, if I was counseling someone who was like, ah, it feels like everything's, it feels like I'm plateaued or it feels like I'm stuck. I don't know what to do next. I'd be like, have more conversations like the end of story. Yep. And yep. how do you do that? It could be emailing your network. It could be reaching out on social media. And, but the goal is to look for opportunities to where it makes sense to have a phone call and be open to people who do ask for that and also be open to, you know, suggesting that. Yeah. And I think what happens is that sometimes we get really busy, right? So we're on like a crazy project or something and people ask to talk with you and you're like, oh, I can't, I'm too busy. But say yes, mm -hmm. put it on the calendar, you know, in the future. Say, here's my calendar, pick a date after, you know, October 5th. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying no, or instead of piling it up to say yes later, I feel like there is a I don't want to sound woo-woo about this, but there is an energy about this. These are human beings and their interactions. And there's 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 a time limit on those. If somebody intrigues you, they're intriguing you for a reason and you should act now. Yep. Yeah. It, well, not the least, you know, just from a tactical standpoint, by the time the phone call comes around, you might forget what was so intriguing. <laughs> so it's pretty important to to capitalize on that like spark. It's not really momentum yes. yet. It's more like a spark of like, oh, yes. And it'll come yes. through in your voice and your demeanor and everything. So I, I agree with that. I think it's, it's something that you, sh that, that is beneficial to prioritize. Let's put it like that. I hate using the word should, but I think it's beneficial to prioritize that over mm, maybe less personal, but e even more broadcast style activities. So, you know, if mm -hmm. I was, if I was like, eh, I'm going to do, uh, it's hard to think of an example, but if I was going to, prioritize a phone call with a complete stranger with whom I have no agenda other than to ask a couple of questions or answer a couple of questions with no expectations about a sale or, or me buying something just specifically on the surface, what the, what the, what the call is for, like whatever the spark mm -hmm. was. I, in the, in the past year or so, I've been making a lot more time for that and it has, it just, it's great. You know, you can just trust, I promise you, you dear listener, you can trust that good things will come out of that, it, whether it's word of mouth or referrals or sales or um, advocates or introductions mm -hmm. to people who you've been really, you know, who would be a, a huge win for you to talk to, you know, somebody who's like five steps above you in the kind of hierarchy of whatever your vertical is, but just great connections. And, you know, people just like helping people. They like connecting people. Uh, but you do have to put yourself out there a teeny bit. Yes. Well, and you also have to be open to that you're the one that's doing the favors or making the introductions. You know, you have to be willing to do that and with the people with whom you resonate. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's always my filter. It's I want to feel that resonance. And it it could be for all sorts of different reasons. Like you and I resonated on the idea level which was fabulous. It was like we couldn't stop talking right. about our ideas about consulting and authority and, and those kinds of things. You might resonate with somebody else based on, um, you know, a sport that you both love or a country you both lived in at one time. I mean, there's all sorts of things that people can resonate with you on. And then once you actually have that discussion, then you find out, does it go deeper? 
And what I love about those is those conversations is that those are the people you remember. Yep. It's really hard to remember people in social media after a while. Like if if somebody, you know, retweets your stuff every week, you're going to remember them. But if they do it for a month and then stop, you're not going to remember them. But if you talk to them, if you actually had a conversation and you sort of understand more about them and where they're coming from, what they're looking for, all of a sudden that person's in your circle. You know them on some level and you can be of help to them and vice versa. Yeah, it really stands out. You get their vibe. You don't really get somebody's yeah. vibe over over social media or like any kind of text format. It's, you know, you can get a vibe off of somebody from video or seeing them speak at a conference or something like that. It's kind of like you need to, you need to hear their voice to get their vibe. And I find that it, without that, it's pretty hard, unless they're incredibly explicit about their interests, it's really hard to have what I call Rolodex moments with somebody whose vibe you don't have. So mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, I, you know, I, I got, I got introduced to somebody the other day, uh, a, a mutual friend introduced me to another person. And he was like, he's like, I'm not, I don't even know why I'm introducing you guys, but you just need to know each other. He's like, I know, I know both of you individually and you guys just need to jump on a phone call. <laughs> and he was right. We did jump on a phone call and it was, we didn't even know what we we're going to talk about. We both had a lot of things in common, which was part of the, um, part of the initial introduction email, but none of them were the specific thing that we were going to talk about. And we sort of like, you know, shot the breeze a little bit. Oh, where do you live? How's the weather there? Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, well, oh, well, what do you, what do you do for work? What's your business? What are your challenges? And before you know it, we're in this like pretty deep conversation and, you know, it, it will surely turn into something somewhere. Like there's a, 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 mm -hmm. a very fertile seed planted for something good to come out of it. Just completely random. Just another person that, that, I've talked to. And like you said, it's very memorable. If we had just gone back and forth over email, I wouldn't remember this. I like, I'd have no, no, I want to say face to put the name, but we didn't, I didn't see his face, but it's like no person to put with the, no identity to put with the conversation. Right. So like right. Pe people I have email or social media conversations with, I won't remember their name, but I'll remember the question. Mm -hmm. or the conversation. So when they meet me at a conference or at some meetup or something, they'll be like, they'll be like, Oh, I'm blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, good to see you. And I'm like thinking, where do I know this guy from? <laughs> and he'll say like, Oh, I, you know, I, I asked you about, da, da, da. I'm like, Oh, you're the one that had the problem with the, the social media or whatever, whatever the thing was, you know, Oh, you, you consult for work. Uh, we work and they had this thing and done it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I remember. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's, Again, I mean, when we go back to, you know, how, how can you sell more? It's, I mean, there's a million ways we can sell more, but just optimizing for conversations, I think is huge. I, I just keep coming back to this. And I think that you can make a plan. I mean, I've done it. Um, you make a plan and the plan isn't what the outcome is. The plan is what the input is, yeah, the what you are going to do, because there is that magic black box, mm -hmm. right? And um, I had to write this jo down, Jonathan. Um, it increases your luck surface area. <laughs> yeah, I I love that. It, it it is, and it's one of those things where you were sort of saying, uh, uh, trust us. Um, if you do this in a genuine way, you make it easy for the person to respond. You offer phone conversations, or you say yes to those who are offering, there will be this black box and good things will come out of it. Not, you know, you're not going to necessarily have magic out of every conversation, but you will have them more times than you think you will. 
Yeah. It's utterly unpredictable in one. It's how it happens or like what happens is unpredictable, but that it will happen is almost guaranteed. Yes. We are living proof of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. So have we beaten the horse to death? I think we might have, uh, (laughs) might have gotten there eventually. Yeah. That horse might be dead. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the time, dear listener. So strike while the iron is hot. You've got a hundred days to increase your impact, broaden your audience for your idea and sell products and services, whatever it is that you're, you're currently on a mission to do. Just do it. Yep. All right. So, uh, check the show notes for links to all the things we mentioned there, especially Blair's blog post. It's really good and gets into the specifics. All right. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark and I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next week for the business of authority. Bye. Bye. Bye.